In 2007, TV network CBS dropped 40 kids in the middle of the New Mexico desert as part of a brand new reality show. These kids would have to build their own society from scratch. And if this sounds like Lord of the Flies to you, well, it was meant to. We were on this mission together. We were going to prove to the world that we could make a better society than adults could. I'm Josh Gwynn, and I want to know what this wild TV experiment was really about. Split Screen Kid Nation, a six-part podcast from CBC. Available now. This is a CBC Podcast. Raki Morzaria was writing for the comedy Run the Burbs before she was cast in the show. She'll tell you how she tackled that challenge, and she'll take Tom Power to the school of snappy comebacks. I'm Talia Schlanger, sitting in for Tom Power. You're listening to Cute. So a couple years back, comedian and actor Raki Morzaria was making comedy that reflected her life. She had her Note to Self web series that follows a confident young woman through awkward daily encounters, navigating friendships and feminism and her identity as a second-generation Canadian. And then Raki got a role that she was not expecting, a wife and mother of two on a show called Run the Burbs. You might recognize Raki Morzaria as Camille. Her character is married to Andrew Pham, played by Andrew Fung. And the show explores the challenges of raising their family, as the title implies, in the suburbs. Tom Power sat down to talk with Raki to hear about what it was like to take on the role. And while she was sitting across from him, she did what no Q guest has ever done before. Have a listen. Hello. You're the first. <laughs> I've been doing this show for so long. You are the first person who ever bring in a notebook. What is weird about that? I didn't say it was weird, but it's <laughs> you're the first person who's ever brought in a notebook to doodle along with the interview. Yeah, I just drew a flower. And um, I think it's because I liked what you said about me. And I was like, wow, sometimes when I am thinking Writing something or like writing down words for some reason helps me process what what we're talking about. That's really exciting to me. I can't wait to see like what it looks like when you're done and when we're done our conversation, what's there. Okay. It'll be like a flower and then like a tombstone (laughs) and then another flower. And then we'll both get it tattooed on ourselves. Yeah. We'll get a lower back. Lower back tat. (laughs) Yeah. That sounds good to me. Yeah. (laughs) Can you do me a favor? Yeah. For, uh, um, For people who don't know the show, can you tell me about your character? Yeah. Okay. So Camille Pham is uh, – she's this wicked woman who lives – like wicked, cool woman that lives in the suburbs with her family. And she's really strong and bold. She's also like, wow, emotionally supportive of like a lot of people. I, I got a clip. You want to hear a clip? Would love to. All right. So uh, this is uh, you or Camille <laughs> talking to her dad or Ali Hassan. Okay. Talking to Nikhil made me realize something. That is? Well, we basically stopped seeing his family after mom died, and you totally dropped the ball on all the Indian stuff. I supported and financed your henna tattoos at the mall. Dad, I don't have any Indian traditions to pass on to my kids. Is that really all my fault? 100%! Oh, that is rich. Coming from the girl who had the cast of friends henna tattooed on her lower back. It was a thing at the time. Oh, could you be any more annoying? That's the second lower back tattoo reference of this interview. Yeah, it's true. How about that? Yeah. What did you draw during that clip? I drew circles. Uh, I like. I, 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 why do you think you drew circles? I don't know because I was like laughing because it's it's weird to hear it. Also, the alt line on that was like, "You're such a Ross." Oh, 
you're being such a Ross right now. Well, that's funny you say that. That's the, the alt line, which for people who don't know would mean like another line that was used or could be used in the scene. It's the one that I was like, I was like, can I try this line? It's funny to me that you have alt lines and stuff you want to try because weren't you a writer on the show? Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, not of course, but yes. Help me under help me understand this. So you were a you started as a writer and then auditioned to be the one of the leads. Okay, yeah, it was it was very very weird because I was hired as a writer, which was like so cool because I'd never been in a professional room before, and it was super fun and a lot of learning. And then the auditions came out, and I was just like, oh, lol, <laughs> like. Okay. Uh, and I said to my... Hold on. What does, what does uh, okay, lol, okay mean? I know what it means, but like, what, <laughs> what do you mean by that? I just meant like, okay, am I going to audition for this? That's kind of funny. I know it's a, a part for a South Asian woman and it was like a lead and it's like, you know, of course that's what I want in my career is to to work as a lead on a show and have that experience. But I didn't really see myself as the character at all. You didn't see yourself as the character because the character is a, a mother or because... The... Yeah, I think when we were developing it, I didn't have like a totally clear sense of who Camille was. So when I contributed to story, it was often to the story of Sam or Leo, the <laughs> 10-year-old boy, um, and Ali Hassan's character. So like sometimes I would... It would be more about those worlds or storylines to do with those characters, so to speak. I didn't always feel like a total alignment with Camille, though I did contribute. So when I got the audition and the way that the audition was written, she was kind of like embarrassing the character Kia. And I I was just like, oh, I don't want to play this version of a character like this you know embarrassing mom cringy mom yeah i just was like i don't want to do that like she's 20 when she had her i feel like their relationship would be a little bit different so in a way like having that perspective on it helped me because i i just chose to do the auditions with a different sort of i don't know like light or something with the way that you wished the character was kind of yeah yeah and then you get it. And then I got it. Exciting? It was scary. It was scary. Well, it was very exciting, but I was scared because I was worried that I, what if like, what if I had to keep doing that <laughs> throughout the series, like continue to push the character and advocate for the character to be the way that I believed her to be. And I thought, oh, that, I, I think that might be, um, a lot of work. Also, it sounds like it might be awkward because if yeah. you have to if you have to advocate for your character um, all the time as a like, and you were a former writer. Yeah. I don't know how receptive the writers would be to a former writer yeah. who's not a writer anymore <laughs> telling them how to do their. You know, it's kind of like boundaries. Like it was like something that I was navigating like constantly because I was like, do I have the right to ask for this? I also have never been in a position where I'm a lead on a show before. Yeah. Like I've only done day player kind of roles or ri- written my own stuff. Where it's like, all right, best idea wins and let's try some stuff. Right. So was it awkward with the writers? Was it? Was it? Not really. Like we had a relationship be- from being in the room. So not really. But yeah, like, I mean, I think there were times on set where the people above, like the creators and the showrunner and everyone had an idea of what they wanted. And so I would, I would, 
the way I navigated it was asking questions because I also also thought like, hey, maybe I'm not seeing the angle on this, right? Like, there's always that case when you get an audition and you're reading it, you're right? Like, but you're kind of stuck between two worlds. Yeah. Yeah. How you doing with it? Good. Second season, way better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, way better. You're more chill. Way more chill. I'm not in the right. I wasn't in the writers' room. Yeah. I also think like the boundaries of that is better. One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon and Time, is back for another round. This season, we're diving deep into some of McCartney's most beloved songs. Yesterday, Band on the Run, Hey Jude. And McCartney's favourite song in his entire catalogue, here, there and everywhere. Listen to season two of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tom Power. You're listening to Q. My guest is Raki Morzaria, who plays Camille in Run the Burbs, the CBC TV show. I want to play you a clip from Raki's own work, so her own comedy web series. It's called Note to Self. It's about a very confident, kind of misguided young woman who has small, everyday interactions spiral out of control. This, what you're about to hear, is Raki confronting an employee at a pizza restaurant for not spelling her name correctly. Take a listen. The, the name is wrong. You're not Raki. Pradeep! No, I, I'm Raki. Hi. Hello. It's just, um, is it me? Hmm? Is it you saw me and you thought, oh, this is just some whitewashed millennial who grew up in Canada, not India. She's not really Indian. I bet she can't even speak the language. Uh, uh, Pradeep! Because I can. I know words. I know plenty of words, like, um, samosa, <laughs> pakora, goa. It's a place. It is a place. Pickle. What did you draw during that clip? Um, I was drawing more stems on my flower. <laughs> I drew a, a cowboy smoking a cigarette. Oh, nice. They're pretty good. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about that clip we just heard. Uh, yeah, sure. That's something that actually happened to me. Like, uh, I have this weird relationship to my to my culture to my lang- to the language that my parents speak, I feel so much a part of it and so far away from it at the same time. And I remember I went to like a Domino's, I think it was Domino's, I, whatever, I went to a pizza pizza place to get pizza. And everyone there is, who's working there is Indian. And they're having the bombest time. And I'm watching them being like, oh my God, I need more brown friends. I want more brown friends. I want to be friends with these people. Um, should I like, maybe I should work here. Like maybe I should put in an application and be pals with them. And I don't know, that would be really, really great. And then I see my name get put up on the video. Cause you know how they do that at Domino's. They put up your pick, your name. Yeah. And they spelt it R-O-C-K-Y. It's just, um, this is not how you spell my name. <laughs> Racky. It's with a K-H-E-E, not Wacky, Racky. <laughs> <laughs> Turn 25, ma'am. Hello, it's it's Indian, Racky, Rakshabandhan. And I was like, oh my God, like he didn't even recognize I was Indian at all. <laughs> I, I just thought it was so funny because here I am daydreaming about being BFF with them. Racky, can I tell you something I noticed? What? Well, maybe I won't now. What? Both the clips we played for you today I know. are about you... And my name. And your relationship with your Indian identity. I know. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Does the joking around about your name and your kind of distance and your and your um, closeness to your identity help you process that? It does. It does. 
I think there's power in owning that you don't know stuff and that you're kind of learning about it. We think that there's only like I am part of something and or I am not a part yeah. of something. But most of us live in the in the middle, the middle. in the middle of it. Yeah. I think that's why your comedy is so relatable to so many people. Yeah, you know? I hope so. Yeah. Can we listen to something else? So I want to let me just set this up. So this is um, in Run the Burbs. Camille gets negative comments online about her catering business and she decides to go after internet trolls. This is a podcast producer played by Chris Wilson, 22 Minutes star, confronting her about it. And then an hour later, you write, his beep is the last thing I'd ever beep with if my beeping life depended on it. I mean, really, Camille, going after the nephew now? Okay, is this the whole podcast just, like, reading back my clever clapbacks? Are we ever going to actually talk about the food? So I thought what we could do is you could give me some advice Mm -hmm. as someone who has received negative online comments. Yeah. You can help me come up with a snappy comeback. Okay. And then maybe you could share one of your own. Sure. Okay. Uh, let me see. Um, what, I did an interview with uh, I did an interview with Bono, and someone commented, "Oh, great! Can't wait to hear Tom tell Bono about playing the banjo and being from Newfoundland." <laughs> oh, well, you don't need to laugh so hard. You don't need to laugh so. It's a pretty good comment, by the it's way. It's a good comment. What's your What's your response? I would say, yeah, I can't. I can't wait to tell him about it. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't... You don't seem impressed by that. Do you want me to say something meaner? Yeah. Um, screw you. (laughs) I don't need your comments. I'm about to talk to Bono. What are you doing? (laughs) Get off the computer. Go look at a treat. Uh, Go get a treat? Go look at a treat. Oh, go look at a treat. And get a treat. Go get, I like that. Do you have an example of someone being mean to you on the internet and you've had to respond? Yeah, someone um, said something about my appearance. (gasps) I mean, are you really shocked? (laughs) I got one one time. Really? <laughs> I was on stage yeah. doing a live Q show. I got an email the next day. Yeah. It said, hey, Tom, I went to your show last night. I really enjoyed it. I'm a personal trainer, and I'd like to help. <laughs> help with what? I think he looked at me, and he was like, that guy could use some personal training. Uh, you should just like flex your – take a video of your foot – Flex it and just be like, check out this mobility. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, so what happened Trainers to you? are obsessed with the mobility. Are they the really? Way. Oh, yeah. They love talking about mobility. You know who else is? Who? Belle. <laughs> uh, tell, me, uh, tell, tell me something that happened to you. Um, okay. I posted a video and someone was like, a bunch of people started commenting because I was wearing no makeup about like the dark circles under my eyes. And someone said something along the lines of like, honey, you should really... Use this product placement piece of cream on your face. It'll really help. And what did I write back? I did two things. I wrote back, thank you so much for your comment. I'm happy with what, how I look. I hope you enjoy something nice to eat today. Killing with kindness is the, is the vibe I'm getting I used from to you. work as a server, and that's what you kind of used to do. When people are rude, you have to be like overly kind. I like, well, you're supposed to, you, you, we should all try to lead with compassion and kindness, you yeah. know, in some ways, right? Yeah. But then I, ne- I made another video where I was like, this is my under eye routine. And I just put my two middle fingers up and <laughs> started massaging my under eyes. So that was the other, that was the other reaction. <laughs> uh, thank you for your help. Lovely to, lovely to, to meet you. You too. What did you, did you, uh, yeah. Okay. So it's like So this is what you drew by the end of our interview. Okay, so there's like two daisies, I guess. Uh-huh. In the middle it looks kinda like there's a green bean. Uh-huh. Um and then at the bottom it looks like some sort of sunflower, but like kinda abstract. I feel good about that. I feel good about it too. Thanks for coming in. All right, that's it for Q today. Tomorrow on the show. 
Almost 30 years ago, Henry Cherney got to say one of Hollywood's most iconic lines in the first Mission Impossible movie. But as you will hear, he almost turned down the role because he wasn't sure he could do a good enough job. I'll tell you what that decision was all about and what it's like to be back in the new film and work with Tom Cruise again. We had this conversation before the actors strike and you'll hear it air tomorrow on the show. I'm Talia Schlanger sitting in for Tom Power. See you next time. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.